0: The Lord, we praise you the Lord. This is a uh, Brother Julius Adiomi, and we have been going through the series of teaching. I want to know that this teaching is for you believers, those that have already given their life to Christ, and you want to know more because the Bible said good Lord has put in this body these ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists pastors and teachers. So this is a teaching that we are doing when we go through the Bible step by step to explain what how we should apply it to our lives. Now we are going to the book of Epistle of Paul, the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians. And like I said, the when it was when it was put that ministry in the body of Christ is for the perfecting of the sins, these sins of God need to be perfected, and that's why I put teachers. So, this is a teaching series. So, I admonish you get your Bible open to the first Corinthians, which is the epistle of Apostle Paul, the first Corinthians. We are yeah, going to start from chapter one and just read Bible verses, and then I will start Stop to a pause and give some explanation or some explanation or refer to some other scriptures in the Bible for clarity here we go, Father we believe that you are going to give wisdom to us as we study your word in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Amen now first epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians chapter 1 Paul Called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustaining our brother, and that is how he introduced himself. In. He is called to be an apostle. An apostle means he sent out one. And when the Lord called him, he told in the book of in the book of Acts of Apostles, he sent Ananias one of the disciples to go and pray for apostle for Paul, so that he can receive his sight. And he said, Yeah, have chosen him that he's going to carry my name before kings." And that was his calling and that's why he was introducing himself as an apostle of jesus christ through the will of god and so sinis a brother he's a called to be an apostle he said what he said he was called to be an apostle well that is exactly a good way to introduce him. now let's continue so sinis was the brother that was perhaps writing this letter for him because when many of these people they know that you're not write most likely when you have a, a younger Person that is with you can do it faster, or something like that. He most likely just dictate some of those things to him, and he was writing that Whatever he would have said and sustainers. So was to say unto the church of God, which is that calling to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is like a greeting because that's how most letters were written. You greet the person you want to write to. You are writing to before you start talking about the main reason why you are writing your letter. You greet him. How are you guys doing and so on and so forth. hope everything is fine. That's how we all write letters. Is format for letters. So this is an epistle and it's actually a letter. Now he says to the Corinthian believers, they also said, they are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Everyone that accepted Jesus Christ, you have sanctified me, you are set apart for Christ. So you are also called to be saints. That is the calling on, upon every believer, every one of us, you are called to be saints, holy people for God. And I say it's all in every place. So now he knows that this letter will not, not just be written to me, not just be read by the Corinthians, it should be read everywhere. So that's why it's making Calling it a, with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Say grace unto you and peace. So now that's how I introduced him. That's how he, he greets everybody: grace unto you and peace from God our Father, our from the our our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's how many of the letters of Apostle Paul have been introduced, and how he has been greeting those that he had to: say, grace be unto you and peace. Verse four. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. So he is praising God for the believers that God has given us enrichment in knowledge and utterance. As we speak, we are speaking the word of God as we live, we are living in our life according to the word of God. says is thanking God for that. That's for the acquaintance. It's also for every believer. And that's say that is how we, everybody, should be conducting ourselves enriched by God in all utterance. When you are speaking, you can say this man know God. Bible says we should speak as oracles of God. And then in all knowledge, that means we are when we speak, we are talking we are uttering anything, we are showing that we have some good knowledge of the scriptures, or good knowledge of the ways of God. So that is why he says, thanking God that the Corinthians are demonstrating that. Verse 6. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praising the Corinthian believers that they come behind in no gift, that is all the gifts of the Holy Ghost was manifesting in this church. And that is what every church in the generation should should be seeking for. Now, it's not saying it's in one particular minister. It should be distributed among the believers. This brother X may be able to prophesy in the church. This brother Y may be able to give word of wisdom. And that brother Z may be able to give word of knowledge. And because that's how the Lord distributed the gifts of the Holy Ghost as you see in his letter. You see that gifts in First Corinthians chapter, chapter 12. Now, those gifts are distributed by the Holy Ghost as he wills. You can't say, no, Lord, I want to be working miracles. You know, he gives to you according to I post, you know, because he knows everybody. He doesn't want to give a gift to somebody that is going to be popped up with that gift. That's why everybody is commanded to be humility. And then whatever the Holy Ghost move to it be the only ghost who walk in this walking, you're not you using it for your own gain. No, you profit with it for the body of Christ. Okay, now let's go for I was commending the Corinthian Church that they come behind in no gifts. You can't say, well, these people, they don't have these gifts, only these people, they have that gift, or those churches over in that city have that gift. They they come behind in no gift. There are, many of churches in Nigeria could have been blamed for that. You, you guys have no gifts at all. Those who speak in tongues, how much money to preach. See, that is what we should have. but that's why i suppose in this letter he will say covet honestly the church has to cover these gifts not just individual the church i mean the old church of the god the believers the colleagues we say lord we should all praise the lord we want you to manifest these gifts in our midst don't not individual person saying lord i want you to manifest in me that becomes personal that becomes your private, private private uh, correct private gift that you can give to anybody i know like. It is for the body of Christ. So if you if, the, if a church group are, is praying, the whole group in the church are designing this gift to manifest, and you are praying as a body of church, local church, praying the Lord manifest gifts among us, not through the pastor only. Among us, then the Holy Ghost, in answer to that prayer, we distribute these gifts among the believers. One sister may be prophesying there, he could prophesy. Another brother here may be able to give a word of wisdom, another brother here may have the gift of just faith. And they are all to be used for the edifying of the body of Christ, and so on. So that's what the Holy Ghost means when you say it is distributed to believers as he wills. Now, let's go forward and continue in this verse 7. He said, The mm-hmm. but the Corinthians, they come behind you no know, gift, they have all those gifts manifesting in their midst. passage I said, They are we say we they are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how we are doing. We are all fellowshipping, teaching one another, growing in grace, waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ coming. We shall also confirm you unto the end. Christ will confirm us when he comes That yes, you guys are standing from. That ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's his prayer. He's praying for them that they should be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We should also pray for ourselves that we will be blameless, not just the only individual, even the whole body of Christ. Pray for the body of Christ that we will be acceptable before God because the Bible says Christ is coming for his church that is without spot without wrinkle that is perfect that is what he is waiting for and is building his body and now do you get to be without spot and without wrinkle by teaching the word of god so that everybody is taking heed to the word of god and living by it every individual that say they are believers not just the church leaders even the people that say they have given their life to christ they should be following the teaching that's why they need to be taught so that they can also correct themselves if there's some Hangover they brought into the midst of the congregation. Because when people are born again, they give their life to Christ, some things drop off. Then there are some things that they kept bringing in as custom that they didn't know they have to drop it off. This is a bad custom. <laughs> the custom of the world. That they should drop off from their mouth, from their behavior. That's what the teaching of the word of God should do. And that's what the elders should be doing to teach the word of God. This is how, in the life of Christ, the kingdom of God, this is how we should operate. That's how we should behave. And that's what the teaching is to do for us in the body of Christ. And then every believer that believes, not just a visitor. If you are a visitor, you come there, you go away, you don't come back in because you don't like what what they lead where well, you are not part of all them. If you are a believer you have given your life to Christ, you should be listening to the teaching of the Lord of God and adjusting your lifestyle, adjusting your behavior to fit the world, of God, to fit the lifestyle of Christ. That is when you are becoming part of Christ. And then God the Lord will confirm you that, yes, you are standing firm, faithful. And it's, that, is the, that is the purpose. The purpose of the build of fellowship together is to sharpen one another. Iron sharpens iron and edify one another. When he put the ministry, he said, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 13. He, he put those ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, is for the perfecting of the saints. You know, he said, he we are called to be saints. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come to that fullness of the stature of Christ through unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God. Now let's go forward in chapter 1 that we are sitting in. Verse 9 Say, says, God is faithful by whom ye were who called unto the fellowship of his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. What does it mean by unto the fellowship? You have to remember when we come together in the congregation, we are fellowshiping one another. Actually, we are fellowshiping with Jesus Christ. Anytime you believers come together, Christ is in Nahum. We are fellowshiping with him. We do not see him, but he's talking to us from inside. He's talking to us. That's why you can allow the Holy to prophesy in our We are fellowshiping with the Son of God. So you, we have to remember that that's our gathering together should not just be for entertainment of one another. Whereas some people missing are singing and we are watching and clapping for them. No, that's not the purpose of fellowship or church service. It is fellowshiping with one another with the Lord Jesus Christ in our midst. So that is the station over through the pastor that is preaching or through the minister. And then it's we are edifying one another through encouragement. The songs should be praising the Lord or encouraging believers. So we are encouraging one another. The singing should be worshiping the Lord or encouraging one another. song that can encourage the other. Songs that can encourage believers. Somebody is going down, You say, they, they say it's not an easy road. So that's encouraging him to hang in on there. Hold on the bar to pray, brethren. That's songs of exhorting one another as part of fellowship. Because if there is a persecution and people are gone together, they've been persecuted, they're going to be encouraging one another. But the Lord is in our walking this battle with us, suffering along with us. That's what the Bible says. And when He decided, He used His power to stop it. Go on to verse 10. Now He said, Now I beseech you, brethren, It's now going to begin to address the purpose of His letters. Because all this first few, first one, verse one to nine was more like introducing and t- greeting them and praying like that, and and, and uh, 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 affirming them. That yeah, I I saw what you guys have been doing. How you guys are uh, without any. You are you come behind with no gift, and God is the to be faithful. as has called to be to his fellowship. Now, verse ten is where it go to begin to start. He said, uh, "This is why he wrote this letter to me. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. It's going to tell them why he's writing this right now, because he a Oh. I want all of you to have the same mind. I want all of you to have the same judgment. To so stick together. No divisions among you. Now you're going to say, why is he writing this? Something, he has had something that somebody reported. Verse 11 says, For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now, this is plain and open. This is not a secret thing that you say, well, I don't want to tell you, told me. Because there may be a case, a situation where you are where you hear some things that you don't want to declare who said, who told you about it, but you want to correct it. See? But he was plain and open. He said, "Let's be transparent." So it's not like I where I did not suppose knew that uh, there was division. We have not been here for almost uh, six months, but something was going on among them, division debate argument. In the church between brother x and brother y and sister x and sister Bola Y pastors white pastor, pastor himself and the board of members there's something that's like going on that look like they're not agreeing and apostle Paul was the one that founded the church but he they are, they are going together while apostle Paul was going to other places for many months or even years they always communicate so how did he know he has to tell him if the lord revealed it to him he could you can tell him that the Lord revealed this to me. But he said, plainly, this is somebody came and visited and told him what's going on. Well, they just visited on vacation, they just visited the see the world deposit, but they the visited Apostle Paul, wherever he was. And he said, It has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of closure. So told them that members of the house of Chloe came by and they told me this is going on among you guys. And they know who the also the may not say who, who went on there when they have to tell because if things are going wrong the bible there's a proverb that says if they are held us in the household they should be at this situation where you don't allow situation to go into wrong direction so that's one of the reasons why when the torah possible he has to address it and this is what the letter is writing to address some of these things i have to encourage them to tell them what to do or not, what not to do, because this Corinthians letter has to do with many things and like that. When you go on, you see that the Apostle Paul was more or less correcting things that was wrong among the believers that he left under left a pastor. Uh, where they have elders and they are running these things and things are going on that he heard about and he has to send letters to correct them. In every, whatever doctrine or behavior or attitude, or what they are allowing in their midst that they say you shouldn't allow this. So you get to about. So the first one you wanted to talk about was the fact that there was division among them. And this is what he has to say about this. Vastra said, Now this I say that every one of you said, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Silvers, and I of Christ. I mean, saying is saying they are choosing who's their favorite minister. And they are leaning towards him almost like a oh, yeah. way. They are talking more on Apollo. They are talking more on Apollo. We look like uh, you are Apollo disciples, rather. And no, no, we are following Paul. We are following Paul. We are following Paul. Those people could have been. Maybe Apollo came among the Corinthians. Apollo came among the Corinthians, and he was a sweet bishop. Because we read, we read that in the book of Acts of Apostles that when Apollo didn't even know about Christ, he only knew about uh, John the Baptist some of the brethren that, that talked to him, told him about Christ and he accepted Christ too. There was a sweet preacher, he knew the scriptures of Moses. So when he started going about, he was now telling, teaching more about Christ also. So that when he came to Corinth, he was told, he was uh, recommended by the people that converted him. I think Aquilas and Priscilla and that converted him, recommended him to the, the church in Corinth. So he began to fellowship with him also. So when he was fellowship, because being a, a good, orator, and also knowing the scriptures, the Old Testament, the scripture of the prophets, he was able to articulate it in convincing those who are, not, uh, who are not sure. So that made people to begin to gravitate towards him as, wow, I, I like how he presented this. And when people begin to uh, exalt some person, that becomes jealousy from other people. That's always occur, Or they just lean towards him more. And now they are not mentioning his name. And it's still happening in Nahami's. To the point that suppose they were, well, we are for evangelists, so and so, or we are, we are Brahmin's, ordinary Brahmin's. They believe the book, they have been reading the books of uh, William Braham and they became Brahmin's. And that's how the, the domination also formed in those days. They see, call some people that uh, they are, they are, they are following the, maybe they call the, I can't remember the name of some of those former founders of Baptists or Methodists, and they have. Doctrine and things, a with decree of doctrine that they say, well, you are preaching like this. But that was what was almost forming um, in the midst of, uh, of Corinthians. So they're not saying, I'm for Apollos. And the other say, well, Paul is one that started I'm for Paul. And they begin to have a, they're now having some reason why they are saying that Apollos has not been there for quite some time. And I say, well, I believe in Peter was the head of the church. That's Peter was saying, I'm for Sivas, that's Peter, Apostle Peter. Pastor has never visited Corinth, but he was just somebody to him that I'm going to follow Peter. He's the head of the church in Jerusalem. So that's another person say, Well, look, all of you guys are following names. I'm following Christ. So, and that become like we are for Christ, and they, we are for Peter. and the people that have said they are for plus cannot come back and go we are for Christ too. So that become like a division of opinions or what? A division, and that's what Apostle Paul has said. What's going on here? Something is wrong. And verse 13 says, Is Christ divided? He's not asking that question. Is Christ divided? Why are you now saying I'm for Paul, Paul? Why are you now saying I'm for Apollos? Or I'm for Apollos Peter? Was Paul crucified for you? See what like I said when you say everybody should be for Christ. Don't begin to follow names. See? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Chris Paul and Gaius. Lest any should say that I had baptized in my own instrument to say, Well, let me take my myself out of the loop. We are all following Christ. Did I baptize somebody in my name? Is Paul the one that died for you on the cross? No. So why are you now say I'm for Paul? Oh, I'm for Paul? So he uses his own name to, to say, Well, get me out of this debating way what you guys are doing over there. Paul died for you on the cross? Why are you now saying that? So you may say, where well, is everybody should be for Christ? Well, of course, we should all be for Christ. Don't follow names. Don't follow personalities or not personalities. do say where well, I follow this, uh, this, and this man, this is preacher. Don't follow me. Follow Christ. That's what we are pointing people. Point people to Christ. Even if he, this fellow is a great teacher, he's a great orator, he's explaining it right, but yeah, just follow Christ. Keep being fed by this teacher, but follow Christ. Don't elevate man above what he is. Just follow Christ because the one that is able to teach you so well or preach it so well and they articulate he was charismatic. It is a gift from God. But don't follow that man. That man can fall and fall. And you know, following him, you fall and fall too. But just follow Christ. You won't and fall. You just let him follow, follow that fall and fall. Be on the side. You keep following Christ Jesus. He said, We have to keep looking unto Jesus, not look unto. Paul who is looking at Jesus. No, you could keep looking at everyone. Paul is pointing everyone to Jesus. So every minister should be pointing everybody to Jesus. That's the name. That's the one which should be looking at. He didn't say, look at me so that you, are, so you are looking at me, you will at no, you have to look at Jesus. Everybody is to look at Jesus. Remember that. Say, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He didn't say looking at Paul, who is looking at Jesus. No, look at Jesus. Everybody is pointing to you to Jesus. Just know that. We should be following Christ Jesus. Is the express image that we have to emulate. Is the one that is, we have to change to. This image, don't do the, the image of Paul, to the image of evangelist, this or pastor, this. The image of Christ. It's why all of he said, until we come to the statue of the fullness of Christ. Apostle Paul may get there first. I may get there first. You all may get there first. It is you just following Christ. If you are not following Christ, you will never get to. To where you want to get to. Okay, so that's why he said, It is not Paul that, that died for you on the cross, it is Christ. And he's saying, Let me take myself out of the loop here. I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Potter, and Gaius. Less than if you say that I have baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel. That's verse 17. He came to preach the gospel, not to be baptized. Baptism is what is making them to say, Well, this man is the one that baptized me, so I'm for him. No. He said it's not baptism, it is just follow the word of God. You say Christ said not to baptize, but to preach the word of God, not with wisdom of words, not just words, words like we are teaching. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us we shall be saved, it is the power of God. You see, he was preaching Christ and his, and he died on the cross for us. To those who are smart men on earth, they think they know, they thought, how can somebody die on the cross save uh, the rest of the people? That they think is foolishness. But we that believe, we know this is the power of God. So God. Do something, God will do something that sometimes the, the intelligent man do not know why. How how will this happen? But when God did it, it may be so simple, but that's how it's going to happen. For it is written verse 19 I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and we bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. See so where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? I mean, everything they think they are wise, they are trying to disprove God. God is making them look foolish. Think about it, all the scientific, all the wrong scientists. Well, I'm talking to you are mostly a scientist. If you are in engineering, you are in science, whatever it is, you are a scientist. Masters in, in electrical engineering, you are a scientist. So some people claim that they are scientists, they are trying to disprove God through science. You can't disprove God by trying to look at the vegetables or look at something in the test tube and thing or look even looking in the sky and say well these are planets and all those uh, asteroids they think are going to disprove god because you are because you are thinking god is somewhere in some solar system basically god is invisible so that's why the foolishness of is the the wisest of men they can never disprove what the scripture is telling because they were they were they are they being foolish and that's why he said God said, I will de- I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20. Verse 24. After that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That is by the foolishness of preaching, he said, this preaching God is going to save mankind by just preaching the gospel. Because the walls, people don't know that words that is being heard is touching the souls. And the walls are the one like is pressing the buttons that open open doors into the spirit world. By your word you shall be justified, by your word shall be condemned. Verse 22 says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, foolishness. To the Jews, they say, Well, they don't believe this Jesus Christ is their Messiah. And that's why some look block for them, because they were looking for a political Messiah. And they didn't get a political Messiah, so they didn't want to accept the one that, the spiritual Messiah that Christ has come to demonstrate. The political Messiah, Christ will be the political Messiah when he returns to be the physical ruler of the world. That's for say, political Messiah. But they were thinking that was what they were expecting in their day the days of Christ. And that's why they didn't accept it. But it's, it's for a purpose, God blinded them to, so that they can save the whole world. But now he says to the Greeks, they are looking for this. They want wisdom. Wisdom. They think this is foolishness. on verse and But unto them we shall call both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For we, for you see, your calling brethren, how that you, not many wise men are the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called that's why in their generation, the many people that are following, that believe that following, they were more like uh, slaves, servants, that are listening to the poor. the gospel is preached. While those who are in that generation thinking they are rich, they are mighty, the governors, the senators, in those generations, they, t- they think it's only for the refraps, that right are here in this. <laughs> say only God can touch out and bring them to understand the gospel. We are going to continue this in the next broadcast so that we can continue this Titian God bless you